Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Well, if you want the Lions to tank and to lose the rest of these games, looks like you're in a good mood. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we're going to break down the game and also talk about David Blau's performance and also exactly how the defense looked versus that Minnesota Vikings high-powered offense. We also have some Chris Spillman talks about exactly what he was talking about in the doing the commentary and we also have the oopsie doopsie and baller of the week and your favorite we have some voicemails on episode 65 of the pride podcast guys welcome back to episode 65 of the pride podcast on the blue wire network and today's episode will be sponsored by roman all right so i got we're missing one guy my man pierre but i got my suspect malcolm here with me malcolm how yo, you doing yo 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 what's up what up, what up? so uh the detroit lions lost yet another football game uh, a little more expected this week, even though I guess you projected a win actually in our. Uh, I, I, I try to I try to throw a hail mary, man. I try, <laughs> I try to throw a hail mary. Yeah. Try to jump the standings, and it, it bit me in the ass. And it bit you in the ass. It, it, it is what it is. All right. So um, before we get into this football game, before we get into our topics in this episode, let's talk about the injuries that happened in this game. And there was a few injuries that happened in this game. So um, start off, we got. Offensive tackle Ricky Wagner, he got hurt during this game, never returned. Linebacker Jared Davis got hurt, I believe, twice. Returned once. I don't know if he returned the second time. He was dealing with that ankle. I think the ankle injury reoccurred. Bo Scarborough, standout running back, uh, got a rib injury, I believe. Um, He did not end up returning, but from Dave Burkett's article, I guess he uh, interviewed him and said he feels fine, just a little sore. Uh, Tracy Walker also got hurt in this game. Again, Briquette interviewed him as well, saying he feels good. And then Aishon Robinson is dealing with a shoulder injury and did not return in this football game. So we had a few injuries in this game. Nothing sounds too serious from Briquette's article, at least. You know, we'll see, I guess, the update on Rick Wagner. I think that's the only questionable one as of right now. But... um, (laughs) I bet you somewhere Pierre is like saying, yo, I told you. I told you we shouldn't be playing these people. I told you you're going to get hurt. Yeah, probably is because <laughs> we got in that little debate last week. Um, yeah, probably is, man. I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> but, um, you know, let's get into this game. So, you know, we obviously lost 20-7. to 7. It wasn't a pretty football game by any means. But 
I want to talk about the guy. We've mentioned him a few times. Some positives, some negatives. But he did a good job this game, at least. Uh, Terrell Crosby, you know, he stepped in for Rick Wagner and played really well, man. I mean, even in general, I mean, this has been the most 50-50 offensive line. It's either really good some weeks or something really bad some weeks or it's very so-so some weeks. I thought it was pretty good this Sunday versus the Vikings. Uh, I know we only scored seven points and we gave up five stats, but you rewatch that game, man. I thought the offensive line did a good job. They gave David Blau time. I think it was a hideous performance by David Blau, to be honest. And (laughs) I thought the the O-line did their job. And, you know, let's say example, number nine's out there. You know, I think number nine would abuse that time, you know, especially with his wide receivers. But, yeah, David Blau looked like more of an undrafted rookie this game than he did on Thanksgiving, for sure. Yeah, yeah. In his defense, he's a shorter quarterback. Um, when you're a shorter quarterback, you got to have really good passing leads. And that's what you saw in that first drive when uh, he just kept getting his balls batted down. Like, every through, every pass he threw, like, they were just knocking down his passes. Yeah. Um, because he wasn't getting – he wasn't having any good passing lanes. And because he's being – because he was short, he just had a really tough game. And, I mean, that just shows, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we were talking about uh, – so I see on Twitter all the time – not all the time. I saw it a lot yesterday on Sunday was people saying, oh, come on, guys. we got to give David Blau a break. He doesn't deserve any criticism. And fair, maybe he doesn't deserve hate. But, I mean, at the end of the day, he is a starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions. And he's expected to still – be competitive and win football games. You know, I don't care where oh, he was. On. I don't care where he was drafted or where he was signed. Or whatever. Oh, I mean, he was there to be our back quarterback, right? Yeah, I mean, but it's, that's a that's a really tough situation. It man. is a t- it is a tough situation. Undrafted free undrafted free agent. Uh, you know, on the road, playing against Minnesota Vikings. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm not trying to be mean. But man, I mean, it's, it's okay to criticize against the wall. It's a, it's okay to criticize though at least. He didn't have a good game. Yeah, he was. I mean, awful, he, he, dude. He he. he <laughs> there were some passes that just like whoa. Dude, he was not good. <laughs> like he was not good. Like the offense line gave him time. David Blount, the undrafted rookie today, man. Like like he, he he did. He looked like a third string quarterback. That's like exactly he, what he is. He looked like one of those preseason quarterbacks we had this offseason. I'm not gonna even he, say who it is because you know who I'm talking about. You're talking about. Uh, Another uh, David or? Yep, I am talking about another David. <laughs> oh no! Do not tell me he did not give you flashbacks. It, like, nah. it literally reminded me of him, dude. <laughs> no, nah, because uh, David Fells, he has an arm. He does. He he's, he's a lot of crazy stuff, but he has an arm. The thing with know. the thing with Blau is that he doesn't have like the biggest, the strongest arm. That's why I see a lot of passes sail. They be sailing all over the place, like they're on like a like his passes look like they're on a sailboat, just. Sailing in the air. Yeah. He just and doesn't have the strongest arm strength, but he makes some nice throws, though. Like, there's some throws that he'll make that you're like, wow, what a nice throw, you know? I'll, I'll give him this. He was good on third downs uh, for the most part, you know, feeding Danny Amendola basically all every third down. He, he converted a lot. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but from what I've seen, at least, I mean, it looked good. He had that connection with Dola on third down it seemed like every single I mean, time. Yeah, there were seven for 16. Seven for 16 on third down, which okay. is not bad. Yeah, I mean... Converting seven times. I mean, it was a punt fest that game. There was a lot of punts. Yeah, it was. 
What, what was my bold prediction? Didn't I say we were going to punt like seven times? I don't... I don't yeah, you did. Because <laughs> you jinxed us. <laughs> I just remembered that. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Thank Tyler for that boring-ass game. If you feel like this game was boring as hell, like, oh, man. Yeah. This game is a rough watch. Because it's damn punting. Go blame Tyler. Uh, don't you kind of regret wasting your Sunday at 1 o'clock watching that game when there was that Niners and Saints game going on? That game, yeah. Because I... It's crazy because I have the Sunday ticket, so yeah. um, I'm watching the Lions game, and then all I'm getting notifications, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. I'm like, fuck, should I click on to it? <laughs> but I'm like, no, I'm just going to sit here and watch this, this snooze fest. <laughs> man, like, I, they kept showing a game break after every five minutes. I'm like, man, I should be that watching this game. I should be watching this game, man. I mean, I swear if we didn't have this podcast or talk about the game, I, I probably would have turned it off. You probably turn- switched over. I don't know, man. I, I've never done that with the Lions before, but that was a boring-ass football game. It's just because we couldn't move the ball. There was nothing to be excited about. On it offense. was nothing to be excited about. It just wasn't much. It wasn't much to get excited about. I mean, I want to give a shout-out to my boy um, Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Making that 1,000-yard season again. Leading yeah. the league in touchdowns. I mean, like, he's coming. He's a top receiver in the league. Dude, he is so underrated. And I'm not even, like, just put my Lions goggles on right now. He's actually underrated as hell. He's, Kenny, a, he's, a, top, he's a top receiver in the league. That's crazy. We have a like, top 10 receiver. I honestly think he's, like, a top 5, top 10 receiver. He might be a top 5. He might. Be, I mean, his numbers is, is up there. Like, he's leading the league in touchdowns. And I really believe if Stafford did not get hurt, his numbers would be even Ooh. better. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably be at, like, right now, he'll probably be, like, 1,100 right now or maybe 1,200 yards right now. I mean, because there were some games like uh, the Dallas game. Remember, they didn't get him involved all the way to like the late fourth quarter. So, yeah. you know, there's been some games like that where he's just kind of been invisible. Like the Washington game even as well. He's kind of invisible. Yeah. One I mean, Driscoll think, was there. I think for sure he should definitely, if he doesn't get into the Pro Bowl, man, I, I mean, I'm telling you. <laughs> I know it's hard for line players to get into Pro Bowl. And they have to like do like, they got to go above and beyond just to get into the Pro Bowl. Yeah. But if he does not get in by leading the league in touchdowns, I'm telling you, I'm gonna be pissed. I don't think he is, man. He's like not even top five voting right now. He has to be pissed. He has. He's leading the league in touchdowns. He, he deserves to be in the Pro Bowl, but I, I don't think he will be just because you look what, at the, he's the Detroit Lions. I mean, that's the only look, thing that will look at the about. voting, man. Look at the voting, man. He's he's behind there. He's not even in the top five or top ten. I don't think he's behind in voting. I think the only guy aligned that is would be going to the Pro Bowl by the voting is Jamal Agnew. What? Because his return skills. I think it's only, he, did, he didn't even play. It's because he has a touchdown. <laughs> He's he played, got the He probably played like six games this year. Yeah, I think he is the only line right now when I last checked to make the Pro Bowl. That's ridiculous, man. That's sad. Even Marvin Jones can make the argument that he should be in the Pro Bowl as well. Marvin Jones should be in there too. He has nine touchdowns. Yeah, you should make the argument. Isn't Galladay leading the league in touchdowns? He's leading the league. He has 10. He's leading the league in touchdowns. There's no way he should not be in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Well, wow. I I guess we we haven't talked about them yet. We give them a shit every single week. Um, The defense, dude. What'd you think? Mm. You know what I'm going to say. What are you going to say? I'm going to say this. They did their job this week. Sure. I mean, you can, you can say sure. But I mean, the, what they really did they, what they did to um, the Vikings, they did a really good job against a really good offense. Yeah. You think about the Minnesota Vikings, you're thinking, oh, shit, they're about to put up 500 yards on us. Yeah. You know, they held Cook to 62 yards on 18 rushing attempts. Yeah. 
That's like a th- that's like a three point two yards per carry. You know they they held him to three yards per carry. Madison, same thing, F- fourteen carries for forty six yards. They held mm-hmm. him to like three yards per carry. I mean yeah, they I mean- really did their job. I mean they had Cousins five for fourteen on third down. They yeah. had a lot of stops. They did their job. I'm not trying to sound like uh like not to be overcritical, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um. Did you see this at least in the second half? The Vikings were up what, like seventeen zero, going into the after the first half. Yeah. Did you kind of see a more conservative play calling by Mike Zimmer in that offense and like Stefan Stefanski in his offense? Like I didn't see the aggressiveness as as they had in that first half. To me personally, I mean that could be a mixture of a lot of things. Yeah. I mean it could be a mixture of yeah they could be being conservative or Detroit Lions defense probably just buckle down. It could be either way. That's why I don't it could, know. If, it could be. It could be either way. I don't know if I'm being overcritical because that first half they were they were not good. You know they gave 17 yeah. points and I mean they're moving the ball. It was just that one. I think that ending drive that gave them that touchdown at the end to mm-hmm. make it 17, make it 17 zip. I think yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. I think that was like the. I think that was like the killer because they were playing a solid first half. I mean, you held Minnesota Vikings to 10 points. You know, you go into the locker room, you're good. Yeah, they, I think they had like what forty seconds left, and they just they put they just, a really quick touchdown. They just went down the field, man. They went right down the field. That one play too in the first half where uh, it was fourth and one, Minnesota was about to go for it in the red zone, and they got that penalty, and then they had to settle for three. So yeah, I mean, I like I like what I've seen from their defense this week. I mean, it wasn't the best performance, you know. Some of our corners got you know torched. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like I said, I, I, just, I just like what I've seen this week. Like, this is something that I mean, like, it doesn't matter. Maybe they could build off it. I don't know. I just, if they could build off it and take it into next year, maybe we might have something positive to talk about. I don't know. I like, I know they only gave up 20 points. Yeah, I, we gave up 20 I, points. I, just, I don't, 20 points is not bad. Like, that's, you know, that's fair. It's, you know, good enough to win, uh, giving up 20 points. I mean, it's not the greatest performance, but. I don't know, man. Like, I know it was only 20 points. The Vikings, it's in Minnesota. Sounds good, but, like, just watching it, like, I still wasn't impressed. I don't know what it is. Like, because you know, I, watch, I watch Will Harris. I'm not impressed. I watch Snacks. He <laughs> looks awful. Like, Darius Slay getting outran, outbeat by Stephon Diggs a lot of times. Like, still giving a quarterback a million times in the, you know, in the pocket. It's just, like, nothing excites me about it like i know it's only 20 points but like i still see have, missed tackles and we don't, don't have know. the personnel right now is this just, i mean right now right now you just you just gotta take it as it is right now i mean yeah i guess nothing's gonna change from now to week 17 no it won't. we're gonna have a magical pass rush yeah no it won't it's, it's not gonna happen our front four is is our front four you know yeah. you might get some pressure from one side you know he gets double teamed where, where else is coming from? Nobody knows. You know, you don't have that guy. I think nobody in our team could like beat a one-on-one matchup right now. That, that's how that's how it looks right now. Yeah, the only outside guy that, of, outside of, outside of flowers. The only guy that's getting pressure right now is Justin Coleman and Jared Davis. <laughs> I mean, that's where the pressure got to come from. Unfortunately, until I mean, you got to regroup next year. You got to get somebody else. You got, and that's what that's why I said we need that that edge guy. Yeah, we need somebody off the edge, um, but we'll see how that how they handle that in the off season. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's just I see just so much 
I'm like, shit, that needs to be corrected on that defense. And just a lot about this game where it's, it doesn't piss you off. It just it kind of annoys you. Like, we were down 20-0 in the fourth quarter. Just going back to the offense. But we're down 20-0 in the, the fourth quarter. And I tweeted this out. Like, I don't give a shit about the records. I really don't. This is just common sense at this point. Did you see, like, David Blau still going in huddles? And, like, they're down 20-0. to zero. Where's the damn tempo? And, like, get some hurry-up <laughs> offense, dude. Like, what is this, man? I don't, I don't know how much they, they're throwing on Blau. I mean, I can't, I can't really, I can't really say that. I mean, it's just tough, man. I mean, like, they were working every time they were in the hurry up, too. You know, they got Minnesota, got that pass rush a little tired. Offense line was doing a good job, like I mentioned. You know, it wasn't a phenomenal job, but I thought they did a solid enough job. And, you know, it's either Blau missing receivers, sitting in the pocket too long. I don't know what exactly it was, but I don't know, man. It was 20-0 in the fourth quarter. And I see these guys taking their sweet ass time. I'm like, like, what the hell are we doing here, dude? I don't give a shit that we are three eight and one now three nine and one. I don't give a shit. Like, at least be competitive and play tempo. I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, it's. I mean, it's, in, in all fairness, it's only it, at that point it was only the second quarter. You don't necessarily have to go, you know, high tempo. I'm talking about the fourth quarter when they're down twenty oh, nothing. Oh, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's another story. I mean, <laughs> maybe they already knew. Like, look, it's not gonna happen. Just just take our time. Just try to get a score. Call it a day. Yeah, I don't know. You Minnesota's know, playing like a prevent. De- Minnesota's <laughs> looking like playing to prevent defense. They're giving us all the yards we want, and we're you know we're huddling. David Blau's calling plays. I'm like, come on, man, just get in that hurry up offense and move the damn ball. Take your yards <laughs> that they're giving you and try to score. I mean, what what made the game tough to watch is that you know. The defense is playing; they're playing okay, but the offense just didn't do much, and that's what that's that's what made the game kind of like a snooze fest. It was a snooze. It made fest. it tough to watch because if the offense, this is the thing: if our offense will look like last week's offense, we'll be like, "Whoa, what an exciting game!" Yeah, like if the score was like twenty to seventeen, and David Blau was throwing touchdowns, you know, like he did last week, it'll be a different game. No, I but mean because like, the offense was just so yeah dead. They couldn't do anything. It was hard to watch. I mean, yeah, Thanksgiving gave us like a you know entertaining game, even it though it was the, entertaining. The game meant nothing, but like at least you know it was fun to watch. You know, it was got me a little involved a little bit. Like I got, I was not emotionally connected at all during this game. I don't know about you. Me, I mean, I was just watching it like oh, like I was just laying, I was just laying down, and yeah, <laughs> I'm like yeah, but like when it's usually Lions game days, man, I'm like on my feet, I'm like yelling at the TV, and today. I mean, yesterday, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> when Blau threw that, like, interception to Harrison Smith, I'm like, okay. <laughs> that, was uh, that was terrible. That was, that was, was a like, bad pass. It was like a paper airplane in the air. I told you, it was like, it just sails. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can see the wind, like, behind it, just, like, sailing the ball. All right. This, this. Before we lose all our viewers, let's just do uh the oopsie doopsie of the week, baller of the week. And then I want to get into an interesting topic that it's been going all over Twitter, the radio. Everyone's a little bit talking about this, but let's take a quick commercial break and then we'll do all that stuff. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or we blame ourselves by saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it all together with excuses like, I had a long day at work. Or, sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. Trying to make it feel like you're tired. 
But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It is simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Get it started simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete a free online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be hard to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a real doctor to take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and a free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Yep. All right, guys, we are back. And this is the part where you guys want to tune in. This is the entertaining stuff, voicemails, the entertaining topic. This is what you guys have been waiting for. But first, let's do the oopsie doopsie of the week. And then we'll do the baller of the week. Malcolm will say the baller of the week for Pierre. But for my oopsie doopsie of the week. Oh, Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. For my oopsie doopsie of the week, I'm going to give this to... I'm going to give it to David Blau. And I feel bad because he is, like we mentioned, an undrafted free agent. Ooh. Undrafted. Undrafted quarterback, free agent. Oh man, that's that's terrible. But saw so his cleats though. His cleats was like. No, oh. those are sweet. Those are sweet, man. Yeah, those are some sweet cleats. I'm gonna give the NFL credit, man. I I really like that. The my cause, my cleats. That's a yeah. It's a, it's a really good thing the NFL is doing. That's one of the better things the NFL have done. I, I really enjoy that. You know, see, they're pretty cool cleats. And you know, I saw that video of Stafford uh, showing his wife. You know, hit, um, you know, obviously the you know the brain surgery she had this off season and. You know the cleats he got for her. that video was awesome to see, and you know seeing all the videos connected with it. Even David Blau, um, he was showing that that guy from Purdue. Um, yeah. I, I think his name was Paul or his um, name was Tyler. Was his name Tyler? His name was Tyler. It was Tyler oh. Strong. Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah. So you still no, gonna give it to him after all that? <laughs> You're making me feel like an asshole now. <laughs> making me feel like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately, I, I have oh, to give it a blow, damn. man. That's crazy, man. Come on, Malcolm, you're making me feel like a dick right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I don't uh, usually know I don't oh, feel that bad man. too. But I, I'm pretty like <laughs> I don't give a shit usually most of the time. But you're making me feel bad right now. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> All right, man. Let's let's do this ball of the week before you make me even feel like more of like an asshole. All right. Alright, so for the ball of the week, I'm filling it for Pierre. This is his guy. This is his pick. He has it for Tracy Walker. Okay, so this is Pierre's exact words about Tracy Walker and why he's baller of the week. He said Tracy Walker is always around the ball and he makes plays. Therefore, he is this week's baller of the week. He actually led the league and led the team in tackles as well. So that's that's also a positive. He had nine ta- total tackles, so... That's good, man. He was like, he really was all over the field. He was. Yeah, so, um, I mean. And there wasn't really, wasn't very many options out there. But I guess shout out to Kenny Galladay, too, again, that 1,000 yards that he mentioned. So. Yeah, man, Kenny. Yeah, de- definitely shout out to Kenny Galladay. So, um, he'll be, you know, me and Malcolm will give him a co-assistant. Baller of the week since Pierre's not here. <laughs> yeah. 
We're gonna give Kenny Galladay a cold ball of the week just for getting to a thousand yards and getting that for touchdown. leading the league in touchdowns and just, just you know just balling out every single week, being yeah. the one bright spot for this Detroit Lions team. It might have been the most garbage time touchdown of all time, but it's still a touchdown. It was. Yeah, still was a touchdown. <laughs> still a touchdown. But okay, now let's talk about the interesting topic that everyone's going crazy about, and. It was the broadcast team, you know. No one really gave a shit about the actual game that was going on. People more <laughs> cared more about the broadcast than the actual game that happened. So uh, we had Chris Spielman in the booth for the Lions Vikings game, and you guys know I, I didn't get to watch him personally. Chris Spielman was a former Detroit Lion. He's played for the Detroit Lions, and he said to people like me, "Fuck yep. off, yep, and be patient with Matt mm-hmm. Patricia and Bob Quinn." And I want to ask you, Malcolm, what do you think of Chris Spielman's comments? You're asking me? Okay. Um, I'm going to just say this. Why Why is it a big deal? It's because... I, I, I don't... I just don't get it. This is this man's opinion. He has no... Like, this is this is what he thinks would be best for the team, which is, which is fine and dandy. I personally don't care what he says about it. He could say, fire Matt Patricia on national TV. He could say, give Matt Patricia another year. It wouldn't really bother me. But if I were gonna yeah. if I were gonna like be outside looking in and say okay, pretend like I care. <laughs> to a point, I mean, he kind of has a point, kind of, but then he kind of does it because it all depends on the organization. That yeah. it's just it's just, a, it's just like I said, it's a weird situation. <laughs> yeah, it, I I personally don't really care too much about what other people think if Matt Patricia should get another year or not. Yeah, I, I guess you the know, only the only thing with Spielman's comments that I guess I mean I don't know um he in the preseason because he obviously covers our Lions preseason games I remember this happening I believe week two when we played the Houston Texans in the preseason Spielman went on the lines and saying he was very optimistic about the season and that he thinks we could win 10 games this year he did he did he did did say that I remember that game and I was you know I, I I agreed I was pretty optimistic going into the year I thought they could you know maybe win around that 8 to 10 game range. I was optimistic as well, Spielman was. And we all were as well. The only thing that kind of frustrated me with his comments, he was kind of one on the lines in the broadcast that he went from thinking that we're a 10-win team automatically to now saying, you got to give these guys time. It's just yeah, like, gotta, it's, it wasn't consistent with me. You know, you got to at least be consistent with your opinion. If you're going to say you think we're going to win 10 games this year, and we're only at three wins right now, and you're all on the boat of keeping Patricia and Bob Quinn and saying they got some type of plan, it just doesn't connect with me. I don't know. Cause, all right, take out Spielman, take out Bob Quinn, take out Matt Patricia. Did anyone yeah. expect us, even with Stafford, without Stafford, to hit this low with Matt Patricia in two years? So this is what I'm going to say. In the offseason, I thought they had it. I thought they had the roster they were looking for in the offseason. Yeah, and that's just going by that's just going by what you see on paper. You look at you look at your defensive line. You're like, oh shit! You know you got you got you got hit the short hand. You got Trey Flowers. You got Snacks. You know you got Ashawn Robinson. Mike Daniels. You, Kennard, you know Austin Bryant might do something. He might shock somebody. You know you're thinking that this defensive line is gonna be sick. I was comparing this defensive line to 2014 defensive line. Boy, was I wrong. But on paper, this looked like yeah. a team that was that was ready. But 
I mean, we all had expectations at the beginning of the year. I mumbled, I mumbled the Super Bowl word a couple times in in training camp, saying that we had a running. If this, if this, if we have a running game like I expect us to have, and if we have a defense like I expect us to have, I think why why not? I mumbled the Super Bowl word a couple times. That was like the first time I ever mumbled it about Detroit Lions, probably ever. Mm-hmm. I never got that far, but you know, I thought they could make the playoffs and compete. <clears throat> yeah, but the thing is, like, you know, you know, my recipe to, to success is running the ball. And stopping the run and having a good defense. Run the ball, stopping the run, run the ball. I think that, that goes hand in hand and getting you to the path to win yourself a championship. But they underperformed. I mean, it's, there's, there's nothing much to it. Snacks, they look like snacks. Aishon, they look like Aishon. Kennard, they look like Kennard. And where the hell is Romeo Coro? Have you seen him this year? Because I sure haven't. Mm-hmm. I agree. We haven't seen him. I mean, these, these guys underperformed. Davis, I mean, he took steps back. I mean... They, they all underperformed. So, yeah, it was, it was a disappointing season, but, I mean, I don't know. Between injuries and underperforming and not playing well, and it's just been bad. I guess my argument is saying that how are we going to start calling this a process now, week 14, week 13, whatever he started calling it a process or a rebuild or whatever the hell it is, when he got a franchise quarterback under a big salary, and you were aggressive hell this offseason, and... Yeah, bad. You spent your money, man. Like, I I don't buy that at all. I think they imagine not to win a Super Bowl because you know that's that's we're not asking for a Super Bowl yet. And I don't think any. You said you mumbled it, but like realistically, that was not the expectation many people had this year. Fair, no, definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. Expectations for the year was you know let's get back to the playoffs or let's you know compete for a division. That was the fair expectation everyone had coming into the season or at least most people had coming into the season, at least in the local media and the city of Detroit. And and now what we're calling it a process and a rebuild and I just don't get it because look back. I mean, Bob Quinn paid these guys. He paid Trey Flowers, he paid Jesse James, he paid Justin Coleman. He had this draft class. I mean, did anyone consider this a rebuild or a retool year? I mean, I sure as hell didn't. I didn't have the expectation at all. Like I said, if they were 9-7, 8-8, and just missed the playoffs, that's a different story. But we're 3-8 or 3-9-1 right now. And we can't win a damn game without Matthew Stafford. And that's, no just, that's just embarrassing because you look around the league, teams are still competitive with their back quarterbacks. I mean, look at Tennessee, man. Look at Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill. They're eight and five right now. Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback. We know they, that they are. But what I'm Ryan saying Tannehill is, is their starter. They they totally unaddressed that position and just relied on Stafford. Yeah, I mean, if you look in the in the history of the game, it happens. It does. It happens. If you lose your, if you have a a, a, a quarterback who is majority of your offense, majority of your offense, it's going to be tough to win games with a backup. But the thing is, though, not yesterday, obviously, or not like the Washington game, but I mean, you look at some of Jeff Driscoll and David Blau's performances, they did enough to win you football games. I, I, I know that. And the strong but, suit of this team is supposed to be Matt Patricia in this defense. This is what his specialty is. Like, this is I, what he's supposed to be winning us games. I'm going to give you an example. With Aaron, when Aaron Rodgers went down those two years, where did the Packers go? Well, they didn't have a defense. That's not their bread and butter. We don't have a defense either right now. But that's supposed to be our bread and butter. Mike McCarthy relies on offense and relies on our Aaron Our bread Rogers. and butter is, is number nine. That's our bread and butter. <laughs> he is our bread and butter. Matthew, the team revolves around Matthew Stafford. That's, 
That's that. That's just what it is right now. And even though with Matthew Stafford, again, they were only three, four, and one. And they are. They didn't they, show. They, they didn't they, show any signs of competitiveness. Were. Like we were, me and you, we're both saying we have to sell this team. We have to sell the deadline because this team is not good enough. Yeah, they weren't even because with Stafford they, because they're not. Because like I said in the beginning, these guys underperformed. Yeah, we had snacks in there, and last year snacks when he came into our team, nobody could run the ball on us. But what happened in the first ten games of us of our season this year? Everybody was running the ball on us. Mm-hmm. What snacks in the, in the lineup? That wasn't the same snacks as last year. It wasn't, but I mean, I mean, like that, that wasn't the same. The, the the players, I mean, but like look at Kawandre. He didn't look the same when he was here for his first five games. Sure, he sure didn't. Look at him in Seattle, man. He's thriving right now. He's balling he out thriving. there. But I mean, that's that's like almost any. Any situation with a, with a, a safety going to a defense where there's a pass rush, yeah. Seattle has a pass rush. Fair. Where if a quarterback launches a ball because he doesn't have enough time, you have you have the, the you have the um the space to now go ahead and make a play and jump routes, and the quarterback is not going to make the most accurate throws because he doesn't have the most time in the pocket. Yeah. You look at all. You look at his, some of his interceptions. They were just bad throws because the quarterback had, didn't have time in the pocket. I mean that is fair, but. That's just what I'm saying is that I don't see the direction of this football team. I don't see the the hope, the optimism. I want to see it. I just cannot see it because there's no progression. It just shows me nothing. And going back to Spielman's comments, he had the same hope as most fans did and just kind of shied away from it. And I guess people, I mean, I'm not going to accuse him because I don't know what he does. Um, he says he does not work for the Detroit Lions. I'm not going to say he does or doesn't. And that's not my business, but... People are accusing him, saying he works for the Detroit Lions, and this is just his <laughs> bullshit that he's getting paid to say. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not going to go into that. I'm not going to be the uh, one to I, determine yeah, what he works I, I for. Exactly. I don't know You know what his paycheck says. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to go that far. I don't know all that. I'm not going to go that but, deep I mean, into it. He just, he just saying how he feels. Yeah. And, and a lot of fans feels like that. You, you talk to all the Lions fans that actually believe in Patricia, you ask them how they, think and how they thought at the beginning of the season. They tell you the same thing. Hey, I thought this team was I thought this team was good enough. Yeah, no, I'm one of them. Yeah, but I mean, just because you thought that in the beginning doesn't mean that you can't feel like, all right, maybe this wasn't the roster. Let's try to you know try to get what we need next year. I don't it, know. It, it, it doesn't mean you don't have to feel like that. But then we trade because a guy like Quandre. There's, there's a part of me. There's a part of me that feels like that because I feel like look. This year, we had no pressure on the quarterback at all. Do I feel like this team would be a totally different team if we get a guy that could generate pressure? I really think we. I really think this would be a totally different defense. I really do. But they didn't address it, or they tried they, to address they, it, they, they and they failed. It. They, ex- exactly, they, they did. They, but, they did fail, or they didn't take it serious enough, because mm-hmm. I think they could address it in the draft. But when you were talking, going back to your question about, did I feel like there was a process... Before, I mean, now I'm looking at this draft. This whole draft looked like a process. Every person they picked up was a process. I mean, I should have went. I should knew it from the get go that it was gonna it wasn't gonna be a one two three thing because they drafted T.J. Hawkinson, where I knew I had a feel. I, I knew t- tight ends. I don't care how special you are in college. I don't care how much you're pancaking people. The kids in college, you're not gonna come to the pros and pancake those guys like. Like every TJ Hawkinson um, highlight that, that Pierre was showing me, he's like, look at him, look at him, look at him. <laughs> he was pancaking those guys, 
Have, have you seen Have you seen T.J. Hawkinson pick one professional player this year? No, I have not. No, no none. Zero. None. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's a, such a great blocker. He's an elite blocker. But, he's an elite. That falls on the GM, though, he's man. He's an elite. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's a process. It's just. T.J. Hawkinson is not going to. T.J. Hawkinson wasn't going to come in and be a Gronk. Uh, you know, a Gronk. Yes. He wasn't going to come in and be a Kittle. He's not going to. It doesn't happen like that. It yeah. takes a couple years. Maybe. Who knows? He, he might blow up next year. I'm not disagreeing. He might. Yeah, he, he, he might. You never know. I mean, but, but, it, but what I'm saying is. It's going to take time. When you go out in free agency like that, you got a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, making a ton of money, and he's in his 30s. Don't you draft for now? Don't you try to win now? I mean, I don't know what they're thinking. You ask me, I mean, I would do it differently. I'm just saying, you personally, wouldn't you I try to win now? Did, I, would, I, would, I would win aggressive. I would, either, I would either try to trade up when Josh Allen was one pick away from you. I would do everything in my power to try to trade up one pick. Or shit, bro. To you could have Josh Allen. Brian I, that would have been me. Yeah. I would have given up the house. I mean, not the house, but, you know, I would have tried to give up the world. Because Jacksonville don't really need Josh Allen. Yeah. You could easily say, look, I'll give you my first and I'll give you like a fourth. Just move up one goddamn spot to just so I could get Josh Allen. I would have did it. Nah, well, that I would have done. I don't know. That's the asking price, whatever it is. But yeah, sure, sure. It's they did. It. I, I guarantee you, they'll have been fine taking TJ Hawkinson. I, I guarantee you, Jacksonville Jaguars, because that's why I had. I thought they it. were. I thought that's who they were going to take. Exactly, because they need a tight end. So I don't think they needed Josh Allen. I didn't either. Right I thought now, they're, they're not using Josh Allen to the best of their abilities. He's got eight sacks here. He has eight sacks? Yep. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's balling, dude. Yeah, I mean, shit. You see, if they were all in, that's what you that's what you do. If you're all in, go up that one pick, grab your grab your edge rusher, pair him with, with, with Trey Flowers, call it a day, and move on. Well, I'm not saying all in. I'm not saying all in. I'm not saying give everything up. But you want to say you got to be more aggressive. They just had the to get. You, they just had to move up one spot with the team you how had. Much, though. How much do you have to? How much you got to give up to give up, to move up one spot? Yeah, but I mean, even regardless, look at who was still there—the eighth pick. I like TJ. I think he could be a good player. I said I would never do it, though. I think he's going to be a good player. I don't like. I'm not disagreeing with that. That was Pierre's boy. Yeah, but I told you this. I would have took Devin Bush. I mean, I didn't say all the way back to the draft, but I would have taken Brian Burns now, especially. I like Burns, but I like Burns a lot too. But if you ask me between Burns and Josh Allen, I mean, that's no. No, that's a different question, but. I'm just saying, what was available there at the time, at the eighth pick? You had options. The eighth pick, you just gotta move up one goddamn spot <laughs> to pick job. up Josh Allen. That's that's what that's what that was a move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but they settled for T.J. Hawkinson, and then the media sold us T.J. Hawkinson is the, my favorite prospect, and T.J. Hawkinson's elite blocker. This and T.J. Hawkinson's gonna be the best tight end since. Tony Gonzalez and TJ Hawkinson this and <laughs> they fed us that. That's what they fed us. And then they, we bought in. I mean, you went to a few training camps and you were like, whoa, this guy yeah, is amazing. Yeah. You said yeah. this guy is Calvin Johnson in the tight end position. Oh, okay, okay. I did not go that far. <laughs> put words in my put words in my mouth now. No, but uh, you know what I mean. Like you no, know, I was the hopeful. guy. I was hopeful. You I really liked him. He loved I really the guy. Like but him. I mean look, I don't think they're ready. I mean, I think they knew it was a process. They knew that he wasn't going to be ready. I just, Tavai, there's no way in hell they thought Tavai was going to be ready. Uh, I, no, I, no way in hell. I don't know, man. I just, I don't know what they're trying to sell us right now. Like, I don't know what to believe in. I don't know what to sell on because 
the expectations I had was they're going to be competitive this year and be a, either a playoff team or a French playoff team. I think that's everyone's expectations, and I think that could even bend Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn's expectations. I just, I don't know, man. I, I, Let me I ask really you a question. Let me just ask you a question. Draft comes around. If we have the number two pick, and it's very possible. It's, it's difficult. It's not a question yet. It's difficult. Dolphins go, the, the Giants could win two more games. If they win this game and then they win against the Dolphins next week, I'll actually check the score what? for you right now. Let's see what the score is. And uh, New York is winning 10-3. 10-3. Yeah, so if New York wins this game, and guess who they play next week? They play Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I saw that. They play. They beat Miami Dolphins. They already have a better record than us. All right, take out. Okay, let's say we, you. So this, all right, question. let me just go back to my question. Say if yeah. we have the number two pick, we have if we draft Chase Young. Do you buy back into this defense in this team? I mean, I'm not giving up on them. I'm not saying. Do we, Do you buy in? Like, oh shit, we got Chase Young. This shit is a wrap. See, the thing is though, like, I'm not bought into Bob Quinn. I'm really not. I don't really trust this man to make free agent moves. I don't trust this man to draft. And shit, even if we if had the number there, two pick overall, I wouldn't be shocked if we grabbed like that offensive lineman from what's his name, Andrew Thomas from Georgia. There's no <laughs> way hell. they give up. They they see their sack. They they're not dummies, man. No, okay, <laughs> they're yeah. not. I mean, look, I understand you guys don't like them, but these guys are not dummies. I I, I get it. I'm just saying. There's no way you pass up on Chase Young. Take out Chase Young. Let's say they do take Chase Young. I don't trust say, this guy say, in free agency. I don't trust this guy for the rest of the draft because, you know, you still have to make uh, seven other picks or six other picks, whatever. We, we have need, seven because we have a fifth from Diggs. I honestly, honestly feel like if we get Chase Young, I don't think we need any other draft picks. <laughs> That's just me. Dude, Chase Young is good when he's not that good. <laughs> he, I, I, I think Chase Young is a guy that could just oh, fix. Giants just got a touchdown. The Giants got a touchdown? Oh, yep. There it is. Look, we, we're coming up the boards. <laughs> we're slowly coming up the boards. But like I said, if, we, if we're there... We pick Chase Young. I think between Chase Young and Trey Flowers on the other side, like I don't know. Like I think that I think that that that's the fix. This <sighs> guy's a, he's an elite prospect. Like pass he's nice. Prospect. He's really good. Really good. I, yeah. I I I don't know if it's fair to just pin it all on him to fix this whole debacle and shit fest. Honestly, I I I think it is, man. Like you you see what Nick Bosa is doing to pretty much did to that. San Francisco defense. I did. Yeah, what? I mean, and they're, they're saying that he's just as good as Nick Bosa might be better. Sure. So it's 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 up there, man. I, I mean, I don't know if Detroit has a chance to get this guy and they get him. I think is I think it's I think we're in good a good position. I think everybody that's that not believing in this defense could start believing again. I, I think I, Chase Young would give you something to believe in. I think you got he will be a double digit sack guy. You got to factor everything that John Lynch has done in San Francisco as well, in finding mid round talent, finding training a guy for like D Ford. I mean, I mean Nick Bosa obviously is really nice to have, and you know he is a game changer, no doubt. I'm not even doubting that at all. But I'm saying I mean, this: you got to mid round talent. You got to give credit to John Lynch in finding talent, dude. I mean, we, I, we found some talent too. I mean, Kelly Galladay didn't come come from you know the 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 school bus. Who is Bob? Him. Who is Bob Quinn drafted in the last four years besides Galladay, Ragnow, Tracy Walker, and Graham Glasgow? That just gives you like ooh, and even Graham Glasgow's like okay, he's like whatever. But who just gives that ooh? I mean, he just drafted a Monty Warrior in the fifth round. He's solid. I mean, who is gonna? He, he's a, he's a guy who dropped in the fifth round who could be easily a, a you know a number two corner in the league who knows who knows what his ceiling is that's it, a maybe yeah we'll see i mean i i can't say he's a ooh yeah <laughs> yeah i mean we and we haven't seen austin bryant 
Deshaun Hand, you know, besides his injury he had this year and last year, you know, he was a stud. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is that we got to look more into the medicals, everything. You know, you can't just draft guys for production that when they do play. I know. I mean, I know. I know. Look at KJ. I mean, who knows? Like, we, we, we were pretty banged up this year with this. It, it was hard for us to kind of see these guys. Like, or even look at the past drafts. Hand. We haven't seen Deshaun Hand. We haven't seen Austin Bryant. Like, I, I don't know what Austin Bryant can do. I mean, even look I at the previous drafts. I've probably seen him out there once. Look at the previous drafts, man. Even, like, Jared Davis. Like, <laughs> is I mean, that that I can't really look too much into the Jared Davis draft because when he did the Jared Davis draft, Caldwell. he was drafted for Caldwell, you know. So a lot of those guys are not on the roster no more because they didn't fit the scheme. So it's, it's hard for me to look at that draft to go that much into it, you know. I think the only guys that are still here is what uh, we got JD, Jalen Reeves, Maven, uh, and Jalen Reeves, Maven like might not be might not even be here next year. Uh, who else do we got from that team? Who was the second round? That was Tease. <laughs> that was Tease, and he's gone. Uh, Galladay, was that draft? Third Galladay, round? Galladay, yeah. Galladay. And then Michael Roberts, gone. Gone. Um, Jamal Agnew's Robert? here. Jamal Agnew's here. That's true. And there's some other guys I'm missing. I'm right. I, don't yeah. really feel, I don't really feel like thinking. I, I don't really look too much into it. I mean, look, there's another guy. He's just a Jamal Agnew. I mean, he's not the... I mean, he's he's a special team ace, you know. Uh, okay. <laughs> There's, I mean, he he hasn't like completely bombed all his draft. No, picks, you know? but like you gotta find some all pros. You gotta find some pro bowlers. He found an all pro. He found an all pro in Kenny Galladay, which okay. is which is amazing. Besides Galladay, I think Kenny Galladay should be. He, and he he's an all pro player right now. He is. Besides Galladay. That's the only and guy. Find him think in the of. third round is is good too. Oh, it's really good. But what I'm saying is that's the only guy we could really say he's really hit on, like really hit on. Like it's just been a great draft pick. Like yeah, you look at John Lynch, man. Just look at his drafts. Like look how many studs he has. Or look he'd at having top picks. He'd be having a lot of top picks. Or even look at his mid round picks, man. You just they know other teams are finding talent that we're missing up on. Like I don't know what it is. We said it this year. Like where the hell did we get Jelani Tavai from? Like in the second round, Hawaii. I don't know. They just get, they get cute, dude. They try to like be creative. That, that's they, not being. That's not even being cute. I don't know what the hell that is. I don't, I don't know, know what, what the that. hell that was. All right. What he said his day, we were like, huh. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm trying to like chase Winovich, chase Winovich. Maybe let's get a corner, maybe a wide receiver. They go linebacker Jelani Tavai from University of Hawaii. I'm like, what uh-huh. the hell did we just do? <laughs> uh-huh. All Who right, the fuck is that guy? <laughs> All right, we talked about the Chris Fieldman comment. Let's do a few voicemails and let's just cap this off. Cause some came in the mail today. These nuts. <laughs> Got it. <he. laughs> Got it. <he. laughs> Let's go. Voicemail. What's going on, fellas? Um, my question today is uh, my bad, but uh, my question today is uh, about the uh college draft prospects. Yesterday, uh, Wisconsin and Ohio State. That was a great game. Jonathan Taylor, the running back for Wisconsin, is an animal. I don't, I, w- I don't see the Lions taking a- another running back in the draft. You know what I'm saying? Because they just previously took a running back. But I ain't gonna lie, I wouldn't mad it if they did take him like a second round running back or whatever. Because I don't think he's going in the first. He possibly could. You know, he possibly could go in the first. But then another one of my questions was, 
the last podcast when he said something about uh defensive guys. I, I feel like that outside of the edge brusher, the Lions haven't had no interior pressure since Indomitian Sumas. Like we don't have no kind of like nose tackle that generates pressure, let alone in the pass and in the run. Damon Harris, but Snacks, he had a good little season last year, but Snacks haven't been doing anything this season. And Alshon Robinson, to me, is a bust. Like, I mean, that could be just my opinion, but I, I, re- I really feel like the Lions need a disruptive presence in the middle, like to push that pocket outside of an air rusher, air rusher. But, yeah, I just want to call, you know, and see what you guys thought about the, the, uh, the, uh, some of the draft prospects. Like I said, I like Jonathan Taylor. I like uh Grant Dupree from uh LSU to safety. He's a monster. I love we got him, but I know we're not gonna get him. So <laughs> I just wanted to see what you guys thought about thought about that. Appreciate it. Not All right. That's right. uh, like third week, third third week in a row, my dog. Yeah. Keep the calls coming. That, Keep that. the voicemails coming. Ironically, we were just talking about Damakun soon too. <laughs> we, we 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 just was, man. And I think the guy he's talking about in his mind right now is Derek Brown from Albert, yeah, and he's he's really good, man. And uh, I agree with you. We we are missing this season. I'll say we're missing that interior, the interior push in that middle. But like I was, I was talking talking to Tyler about this, man. Um, as much as I know Pierre, this is Pierre's boy, Derek Brown, and he he's he's really compared to like, you know, they're saying like a lot of Fletcher Cox, but some people are saying no, he's not like Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Fletcher Cox, um. I don't know. Like I, I really feel like we are what we're missing on this defensive line is that double digit sack guy. We don't have that double digit sack guy. We haven't had that double digit sack guy since Ziggy Ansah was at 2016. Uh, now he wasn't on the team 2016. He left after 2014. Ziggy Ansah? Oh, Ziggy Ansah. Man, I'm still stuck on uh, Damacon Sue. I'm still stuck on Sue. Yeah, Sue. Yeah, Ziggy Ansah. He was hurt in 2017, right? He That's when he got the six sacks at the end of the year. Yeah, in 17. Versus the Bengals and versus the Packers. He got three sacks each game. Boosted his stats a little bit. But it was like 2016. We had, what was it? He had 14 sacks and made the Pro Bowl. That was, that was 15. That was 15. 15? 15. Yeah. That, that was the last time we had a double-digit sack guy. Yeah. 2015. That's, we, need, we need that guy. We need a guy to get 13, 14, 15, maybe 16 sacks. I think you know, had, thir- I think we just had, need... Nine and seventeen, but they're yeah, nine and seventeen. But like they were garbage ones because I remember we were out of the playoffs. He got three versus Cincinnati, three versus Green Bay in week seventeen, and then he had that one really good three week uh three versus New York early in the season versus Flowers. Eric Flowers. Okay. Monday Night Football. And um you know the running back he's talking about? Um from Jonathan Taylor? Um, yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin, yeah. He's, he's good. nice, man. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I don't know if they're gonna take him. You know, also like um, the other guy that was in that game, J.K. Dobbins, man. I think he. Oh, J.K. Dobbins, yeah, he's nice too. I already he has some der- some fumbling issues. Yeah, uh, I but, think r- right now his projection is. I mean, this could obviously change from the combine, from college football playoffs, whatever. Right now, I believe he's like projected like a fourth round pick, which I'd be all down. Pick? I'd be all Are down you for. Serious? It. I'd be all down Holy for. Holy shit! What about Najee Harris? Najee Harris, I don't know. Uh, I would assume like a second or third. I like him too. Yeah, Najee's good from Bama. Jonathan Taylor, like you mentioned. Jonathan Taylor, like he, he was right. He's around the money. I think a second round pick is fair for Jonathan Taylor right now, where we're looking at. 
I just gotta see how they handle carry on, man. I mean, I really like carry on. I hope carry on's a guy. But shit, this guy gotta stay healthy. Dude, I, I've mentioned this, and carry on, it could be a good compliment. Like, look at New Orleans when they had Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, man. Like, it, it worked really well. Look at Minnesota when they had Latavius Murray and uh, Delvin Cook. Or even look at them now with Madison and Delvin Cook. Like, you just get a, a compliment back. Get, you know, some certain games for this guy, whoever is, you know, better, like, I guess, uh, defensive, like, matchup, go with him, you know, kind of like with the lines with the receivers, like, when they had Tate, Galladay, and uh, Jones, he'd be like, who's going to have the big week? Who has the best matchup? You can kind of do without the running back room, get carry on, and... Uh, That's going to drive fantasy orders crazy. It was who drive who crazy? Like oh, fantasy fantasy, order. fantasy orders. Oh, that was bonkers. That was why I always used to stay away from Marvin, Golden Tate, and Galladay when they were the three. <laughs> yeah, and same with New England. Like you try to get a New England back, you're like, all right, who's going to be the starter yeah. this week? Oh yeah, that's you're what like, I'm saying. Who the fuck is it going to be? I, I like that. Like I like that idea. I wouldn't be. I'd be all down for drafting a running back early, like round two, round three, round four. Uh, like, me, me, me too, man. But I just like I said, we need a guy. We need that guy. Yeah. If they don't hit on somebody in free agency on the running back, because there's a guy who I really want. And, I know you want. Yeah, this guy who I really want, and I think that team would be dumb as hell if he hits our market. I doubt it, man. Look at what he's doing right now in Tennessee. There's no way. There's no. There's no way in hell the Tennessee Titans let. That guy even te- even look at that free agency. They can't because look at them now, man. Look what happens when they took on Mariota. They put in Tannehill and started to run the ball more. Look at them, yeah. man. They're not losing, and they're yeah. scoring a bunch of points. Like I saw on Sunday versus the Raiders, scored forty plus. First Jacksonville a few weeks ago, forty plus. They're like scoring a lot of points too. It's not like you know their defense is balling for them. It's their offense. Teams, teams are so concerned about that running game. That Nate Tannehill holds the highest uh, passer rating on play action. Yeah. So that's that's crazy. I mean, I really want Derrick Henry. I it mean, if, if he hits that market, I mean, that's who I, that's who I want. I mean, yeah. hell, I'll cut some guys to grab him, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, yeah. Not, not, a, not, a, not a problem. Not a problem. But, but um, if they can't get him, I mean, second round, ideal third round. We just need to. Uh, they definitely need to address that running back position because I don't tr- I don't trust these guys that we have right now. I no, don't I trust d- them. I don't either. It, with their with their injury history, I don't trust them. I don't either. But there's a there's a lot of good prospects from at least what we're seeing right now. You know, there's uh, like we mentioned, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, and De- DeAndre Swift. Like you know, there's a few good talented backs in this draft. So, yeah. well. You know, when we get uh, our guy from the draft yep, network. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. And then, you know, next couple of weeks is next week. Next week. Next week we're planning next to do week. it. Yeah. So. Next week. Next week. Next week. Um, we're going to have a guy from the draft network so, come yeah. on the show. Give us some more names. Break down break down some prospects and let everybody know some some uh, potential players that could be Lions. I'm excited, man. It's going to be yeah, fun. me too, man. Me too. Uh, let's hop into the next question. Let's do it. Uh, next question. Hey, what's going on, fellas? This is David from North Carolina, still repping the Detroit Lions every Sunday, even though it's really hard to do that at this point. Um, my question is for y'all with the fact that Matt Stafford isn't going to be placed on IR, I doubt he will be. 
do you think that that's like the last line of defense keeping Patricia around? Because Matt Stafford was like the one dude that really bought into that that idea, the whole Patriots way. Like he was that one guy. If they put him on IR, do you think that like if they lose him, they lose the team? Like I think everyone goes if Matt goes. Um, also, uh, I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm in, we're in the middle of the uh, Vikings game and we look like trash. <laughs> we look like trash. Our defense looks like trash. What do you guys think? And this is not because I was the one, I'm the infamous draft pick comment that either you loved or you hated. But what do you guys think a five-year plan is for this team? Draft-wise, what moves do you think? Upper management, what what decisions do you guys think? Like, right. if you have a five-year plan to get the Lions to the Super Bowl, what moves would each of you guys do? Like, and I know, like, you can't know who's going to be available in the draft, but, like, there's definitely, like, seeds that you can be planted starting this offseason, starting, you know, with the draft, and then, like, seeing what you have with who you have. Anyway, appreciate you guys. Love the podcast. Big fan. Go Lions. One pride. Maybe fire Matt Patricia. I'm not on board yet, but we'll see. <laughs> Europe. Okay. Nah, f- a five-year plan. Okay. <laughs> five-year plan. Oh man. Okay. Um, that's. Do you have be... a five-year plan? I mean, I don't got a do five-year. I have a five-year pl- plan. Okay, I'm just gonna say this. Uh, in the NFL, it's kind of different compared. I've mentioned this before. It's different compared to the NBA, MLB, NHL. It's kind of difficult to have five-year plans in the NFL. It's it's really difficult because, you know the. Guys' amount of career, like the amount of years they play in their career compared to the other sports, is so much shorter. And yeah. the, the guys are relevant a lot shorter than the NBA or whatever. It's sad, but it's just a very physical sport. So making a five year plan is very difficult. Yeah, five years. It's kind of, I mean, the NFL. The team would be different. The NFL is just one of those games where you're always relevant every time, basically, almost. I mean, like, even if you don't feel like you're relevant, I mean, you could get yourself relevant. I mean, like, there's one-year plans, there's two-year plans. There's not really five-year plans, I'll say that. That's tough. But I'll say this, man. Start off, get your premium edge rusher for future years and years. And, um, I mean, you could, maybe not this year, but maybe next year, start looking at some quarterbacks, put them as a backup for a year or two, get him ready to maybe potentially take a for Stafford. A cornerback. I mean, it's like I said, it's not really easy to build a five-year plan, but it's it's, it's really tough I, because I you look you, you look at the team and then you're like, all right, five years. You're looking at your quarterback Stafford. All right, Stafford has what two more years with us, and it'll be I think two to or three. Decision to make it: Are we going to pay him, or are we going to let him walk? If Stafford has two more years like he played this year, you kind of you might have to keep him. Yeah. You might have to keep him because just, if he's playing at a high level, even at 33 years old, I mean, that's not too old for quarterbacks. 33 no, is not. Not, not really old for quarterbacks. No. Here, I, I got the best answer for, for all of us. 
Ho- hopefully, hopefully Apple Podcasts and all our podcasts doesn't kick us off Apple. Keep us keep keep up with us throughout the years. I, I, I can give you yearly plans in the off season. I can give you my expectations going into the year, all that stuff. As long as Apple and all these companies that keep us on their network, they're okay with us being on there talking. Keep up with the podcast. Yeah, when you do get kicked off, I can tell you it's probably gonna be by fault. It's probably gonna be some shit I do. <laughs> oh, oh, Malcolm did. Malcolm got kicked off the air. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I mean. Going to Stafford, like, that, that's that's a big thing. So, I don't know what they're going to do with that. But if I had, like, if I was a GM and I had a five-year plan, what would I do? If this was my team, I would focus heavily on the offensive line, defensive line, and running back position. Now, that, that's just me. Yeah. I mean, that's I, just that, that's just me because that's, that's, that's just – I think you need a defensive line to generate pressure. And I think you need an offensive line to – command gaps and get those gaps and then you need a running back to have the vision to go through those gaps so that that would be my plan yeah i know what we need i think we have staff right i think we have a quarterback what we lack is a, a running back yeah like an offensive line to you know get those running lanes we haven't had that since the berry so i mean that's what that'll, that'll be my main focus if we had a five-year Plan, I guess I don't think teams really look at five year plans as a as a thing. I think it's more of a yearly year thing. And yeah. you know, maybe for a team like Miami, not expecting to win many games, maybe look at like a two year plan. But five years is, is a little extreme. Yeah, I would think coaches even have a five year plan. They could be gone in. <laughs> nah, two. Matt, Matt Patricia looks week to week, dude. Week to week, I'm only focused on the game. <laughs> I'm only focused about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. From that standpoint. From that standpoint, <laughs> to this standpoint, you know, we only focus on week to week from that standpoint. Well, we got XQ versus uh, J- James yeah, Winston. Uh, yep. <laughs> That's the, uh, that point. Great, great football team there in Tampa Bay. Bruce Arians got that team well coached. On that standpoint. Yep. Let's go. Next question. What's going on, guys? Um, I just want to take a second to kind of defend a little, uh, little David Blau there. Um, yeah, I know that last throw was terrible. I don't know why he tried to fit it in the middle with all four of the Minnesota defenders there. But um, I just want to say he was very pressured throughout a lot of the game. And, yeah, you know, a couple of his sacks, I think two of them, he, he, he should have just thrown it away. But, I mean, it was just his second game in uh, first year. So, I mean, those are kind of things that can pick up along the way. I know he's played, he played a lot in Purdue, so he should have that at this point. But I think those are all coachable things him trying to get out of the pocket but I just wanted to say the, the throws that he was making like um, the one to Kenny Galladay on the far right sideline or the touchdown to Kenny Galladay the throw to Danny Amendola in the left flat for the first down um, even the you know the over the head to Jesse James right down the middle they were all great throwing balls perfect placement and timing's great so he his arm strength and his arm talent are there. He knows where to put the ball, but I think that his problem right now is he's pressured and he's freaking out, and especially playing from behind, and you're, you know, and, and you're a rookie. Um, I understand those mistakes, but I just wanted to kind of defend him. Um, let me know what you guys think. Um, I think that there is obviously room for growth there. You know, every player in the NFL does have that, but I, I do like what I'm seeing from David Blau. I mean, 
obviously he's not Matt Stafford, but we're playing with the the hand we're we're dealt right now. But uh, let me know what you guys think. Uh, love the show. Go along. Oh, well, he's coming for your oopsie doopsie. Yes. Um. And by the way, I just want to make it real quick. I actually like David Blau. By the way, no, um, I I do too. Matt. Tyler's the one. Tyler's the one that named him oh, the oopsie doopsie of the week after knowing what he did to his cleats. Go on, Tyler. Well, <laughs> <sighs> okay. Um, yeah, okay, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mentioned it. Like, he made some few nice passes in the game, and there's definitely room for growth. It is his second career start ever. I'm not shooting the guy down. I'm just criticizing him from this individual game. But, you know, he mentioned it. He's not Stafford, but this guy does have a lot of, you know, room for improvement, and... You know, maybe he could be a future back for this Lions team. I mean, we'll get a good look of him probably for the rest of the season. we got three more games left. Uh, I would assume if Bobby Quinn and Matty Peter here that he'll at least get the shot in training camp and preseason. And, you know, we'll see more David Blau. But, I mean, there's something there, obviously. I'm not going to say he's our future backup, but maybe he is. He could be for, you know, for few years or something like that but i don't know blah blah's interesting you know he's got he's got some game it's definitely something to watch the rest of the season and see how he he could grow and improve but yeah i mean yeah i like, it. I, like I think we've like versed the worst secondary in the nfl next week so we'll see what he could do with galladay and marvin versus that tampa secondary oh shit let's not talk about that all right uh next question i just wanted to point out uh, our team has talent. I mean, if you look at our offense, we have young, talented guys. We've got Galladay, Hawkinson, Carrion, just to name a few. And on defense, we have some young pieces. And how much the coaching pulls them down, I'd love to see a good coaching staff, how far they'd be able to pull that, uh, that talent up. Because, obviously, we're trying to go the whole Patriot way thing, but if you switch the teams as Patriots, I would love to see how far Belichick and his staff could pull our talent up and see how well they, we can get them to play. Okay, so uh, all right, so what what they're what he's asking or what he's saying is that we have a lot of young pieces, but it feels like the coaching staff is bringing these players down. And he just wanted he wanted to know what we would look like if we had a really good coach like a Belichick um, coaching our team. Yeah, I, and I don't know how to answer that. It's tough. I mean, because you look at the beginning of the season, you look at this when we were majority, like when we were mainly healthy, I think we'd have had a written record. Instead of we have, we're having a losing record, we're like, what, three and what? The Lions, 2-0-1. Oh, yeah. Or 2-1-1. Oh, oh, what are you talking about? After the KC game or what? No, I'm talking about like uh, after the Vikings game. Wow, 2-2-1. 2-2-1. We'll easily have been... Or 2-3-1, oh, sorry. Two, three, and one. Yeah, because we lost to Green Bay, KC, and Minnesota. Okay, I think with a one to, I think with, honestly with a good coach, I think with a one the Arizona game, I think a good coach wouldn't it's have let KC. that happen. KC game. I think with a one the Green Bay game, I think a good coach wouldn't have let that happen either. Um, even KC, KC man, the case the Kansas City game. Yeah, I think we had that game, and I think a good coach wouldn't have let that game happen either. So I think would have been like three and one. In the beginning of the season. Now, after all the injuries, 
I don't know what coach. I don't know who could have saved that. I, I, I honestly don't know. If you lose Stafford, there's only so much this team could. You could only. There's only so much you could do with this team. Yeah, but so I don't know what what different coach would have done that the second half of the season with with the roster he had. But the first half, I think would have been three and one. Four and one is what you're referring four to. One, four and yeah. one. We were in four. I think a good coach, like an elite coach, like a you know Pete Carroll, you know some like Mike Tomlin, somebody. I think we'll be four and one. Actually, you're referring to you said you're saying we would win KC, Green Bay, and Arizona. Yeah, okay, would have won Arizona. So just lose to Minnesota. Five and one then. Five and one would have been five and one. Yeah, it'd be five and one. Yeah, but the second half of the season, uh, I don't think anybody could have coached that. Belichick could have coached that to success. Yeah. Well, it yeah. just it says what it is. All right, guys, that is a wrap. To episode sixty-five of the Pride Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed our thoughts on the Lions-Vikings game. Thoughts on the Chris Fuelman comments. Oopsie-doopsie ball of the week. And took some of you guys' voicemails. That was always a lot of fun. But um, I'll do our uh, Pierce thing, I guess. Uh, Make sure you guys rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out a lot. And I'm out, guys. We'll be back later this week, I guess, talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we could. Uh, I'm not gonna say whatever happens, happens. Hey, we're still on our guy, man. I, I want us to lose, but shit, at this point, like we're closer to Chase Young, so I don't know. Whatever happens, happens. Hey, we're still on that grind, man. Doing these pre yeah. and post games every every week, man. Every week. Yeah, that's 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 what that's what we do. Yeah. All right, everybody. Um, if you enjoyed our podcast, if you enjoyed even voicemails, if you just want to give a shout out, if you want to vent. Hell, if you want to just give a call and tell us about your day, it's all good. Just give us a call. Our voicemail, the number is 313-355-3116. And I'm out.